Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Healing for Healers podcast. I'm Regina of Regina of the Land and we have Abby. Hello. Uh, <laughs> hello everyone. And yeah, I don't normally do the intro, Abby does. So. <laughs> Look, we're so early into this podcast, we don't have a normally yet. So, you know. <laughs> In the last episode, we were talking about empaths. And interestingly, empaths, how do you turn it on? How do you turn it off? And we got so deep into it last time, we felt, well, do you know what? We got to do a part two. Uh, because we realized that we actually hadn't covered anything like what we needed to cover. So I was thinking that I would give an example. Is that okay, Abby? On Absolutely. Something that happened to me, which could have overwhelmed me, but how I looked after myself during it. Okay, and after. So I don't know if that helps you, but I will do. But can I just say though that in the previous podcast, what was really interesting to me was our different takes, different descriptions, different examples, different flavors of what being an empath is, and that people who are listening might not even have realized that they were one until they heard some of the aspects of being one mm -hmm. and go oh yeah I, I i get this i understand so you know it could be quite a shock to discover you're an empath also so just wanted to say i completely understand and appreciate if you are one of the people who you know putting jigsaw puzzle pieces together of yourself to realize who you are and what you're made of and i'm hoping also in this episode we're going to talk about the how how to protect yourself how to look after yourself better as an empath, keeping that part of you in the forefront of your mind so that you manage life better and life gets easier. So go ahead now, you can tell your story. <laughs> oh, thanks. Right, I was actually thinking about this one. So uh, a few years ago, somebody I know had asked me to uh, do their hand fasting. And a hand fasting is a type of old fashioned wedding where you actually bind. And that's where the saying to tie the knot comes from. So 
Uh, it was an interesting one. It was somebody who's traveling from overseas and they had chosen this location uh, where they were hiring this particular building, for the want of a better word, that was a like an old castle type manor house. So long story short, when I do that type of work, there are many times I just rock up to the venue and things are fine. However, there are times when I begin to get signs, uh -uh, something needs to be done. So the site started to appear in my dreams, the location where it was going to happen. And where it wasn't the wedding just, was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. going to be me. It was with, uh, we were doing a two-hander. So it was myself and a male friend of mine. And we were actually doing the uh, event jointly. So I went, we need to check this out. And he said, oh, yeah, sure, I'm grand. I'm up for a day trip. Because it was down the country. It was a bit of a travel. So lo and behold, uh, normally I drive to these events, but in because I like driving, let's put it that way, I love being on the open road. So he said he'd drive and I went, Do you know what? On this occasion, yeah, great. I actually need to sit back and relax because there's stuff needs to be done here. So, so was this you driving to the actual wedding itself or is this you driving to check out the venue before Check the out wedding? the venue, right? Aha, uh -huh. okay. Okay. And because that's really important too, so that you don't walk into a brand new place and have to perform a, a function at the same time that you've gone there, you've got the feel of it and you've done your empath work in advance. I'm just making that point because people don't think that way. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to realize you have to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I certainly do. I have to be aware of my surroundings, particularly if I'm doing ceremonies. So and this is uh, interestingly interesting as well because I didn't, I didn't look too closely at where the location was because I wasn't driving. I wasn't looking at the maps. It's not my issue. He's driving, so you know he can get us there. So we're driving. First off, I knew things were happening because his car went a little bit awol. And what I mean by that was the electrics. It was lashing, raining on the day we were driving down, and suddenly well, that's all interesting it in itself. <laughs> Exactly. The lights started flashing of Noah for no accord and he was getting a bit freaked where the headlights were going on and off on the vehicle. <laughs> oh, now hang on. That's that's you know, there's one thing the car acting up a little, but that's quite unusual. <laughs> yeah, well, you, well, this is a story. This genuinely happened. So we're heading out of Dublin to this location and because I'm not driving, I'm not in control of the route, so we head down this particular motorway. And as we're talking, uh, my friend says, oh, uh, which exit is it or where are we going? Said, mm, do you know what? How about we take this exit here? And we were doing the feeling like the heart dousing, like in other words, feeling my way to the place. And we started to come into one of these towns and I suddenly got like a energetic punch. Now I had opened myself up because I knew I was to do this particular work today. So that was the intention as I left the house, right? So I, I then had to read the signs and feel what was going on. So I knew right. that was what the day was all about. And as we're going into this town, I get this massive like a energetic, like, 
a flattening of me and cold and just a not nice feeling. And uh, my pal saying, you okay? I said, no, we got to go this way. And he, he's well used to me, let's put it that way. And uh, he'll <laughs> say, yeah, right, okay. He knows that he, I'm not in control. Spirit is going through me or the land is talking to me. So we got to go to a particular location. Oh, that's great. So he's giving you this space to be yourself and to do what you have to do, which is Which great. is actually important. Because when you're in that yeah. zone, you don't have to be trying to explain or freak out other people, you know. So as we arrived at this location, I just felt this wall. And as I got out of the car, I realized that we were actually in front of a workhouse. Now, a workhouse is an ancient, is an old building in Ireland built during the famine where people who could no longer do anything uh, to feed themselves or couldn't sustain themselves went to this building. So basically they were handing over themselves to basically become a slave to the state to be fed. That's what a workhouse was. Mm. And many thousands of people died in this workhouse. And I didn't know it. I didn't know the location of it. So I just knew what it was because energetically yeah I can't miss it um <laughs> seriously so with that um I was there and I knew I had to do something to release what was trapped there energetically so on that occasion I opened myself up to be a channel where you become like the hollow bone where the energy comes up through you and out so you were physically transmuting that can I just stop you for a second and expressly say that you do not do this kind of work unless you've been trained, unless you know what you're doing. So anybody who feels, oh, yeah, there's a icky, horrible spot down in such and such a place. I can go and do this because Regina has now just told me how to do it. I'm saying no. All right. So we can't be dragged into court or anything because bad stuff oh, can happen if you're doing serious. stuff like this and you don't know what yeah, you're doing. Like I knew what I was doing. And I trained, I've worked at this and I'll still get flattened by stuff like, but you do not touch this. And that brings me to something else we might touch on another point. People who do things, who think they can do it. And <laughs> <laughs> but if you could just imagine hun the pain of hundreds thousands. of people in one place, thousands of people in one place. And as an empath, it's tough enough taking on your own stuff, maybe a couple of loved ones things. But if you're suddenly opening yourself up to thousands of people's pain, you need to be able to hold that, to transmute that, to have the energetic support. Because there's no way, I mean, even with your physical eyes, it's just Regina and her friend on the land. But if you could see the other frequencies, Regina has a whole army of helpers <laughs> who are there to support her in the work. And let's say Regina would be the bridge mm. between this reality and their their energy field and they couldn't do it without her, but she also couldn't do it without yeah, them. Exactly. It's it's a symbi symbiotic relationship, right? Absolutely. Yes. So as yes. I began to do this work, I didn't need to explain to my pal what I was doing. He just looked at me and he was looking quite concerned as I turned whiter and whiter and whiter. And literally, as I was doing this work, 
it drained me energetically to such an extent that I could barely stand at the end of it. But that needed to happen, okay? And I was able to close it down then. And uh, he was, oh, 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 what happened? I said, talk again about it. I can't talk now. Fine. Get into the car. I knew what, uh, I didn't, at the time, I didn't know why I needed to do that there in that location. Okay. And that's where, when you're an empath, for me, it's working on what you're directed to do. So I felt I was directed to do this. I did it. I had permission from the land. I did it. And then from there, we went off to visit the location of where this um, wedding was going to happen. And when we got to the building and we got into it. Was it far it was, away no, from where you saw no, the workers? No, it was... I can't remember because I was sort of between the worlds at that time. So I wasn't exactly, you know, measuring it, but maybe, but they were linked. You see, this is it. There was a link of maybe uh, 20 or 40 miles between them. Okay. But what I found out afterwards was that this building, the stonework had been done in the workhouse. Ah. Okay. So the link through the yes. stone. And that's something you're just not going to know. And, you know, if you don't know it, you just won't know it. But being an empath, tuning in, navigating with, as you said, heart dowsing. That's a beautiful way of, of talking. I like that. Um, guided you to where you needed to be. And your human mind did not get no. in the way. Because I didn't have to be in control. I didn't have to drive. Uh, my pal, he did all of that, which was absolutely brilliant. And when we got uh, um, when we got to the location and I checked it out, there wasn't that much work to be done because I had done the work on another site and it had reverberated through. So what was yes. interesting was a couple of weeks later when the party arrived over for the wedding, there were one or two people who would have been empaths as part of that party. And they were actually astounded at how clinical the place was <laughs> For, clean you mean disinfected uh, energetically <laughs> disinf like they didn't because yeah. they were wow this is you know it's an old building a castle stroke manor house and were they disappointed because they were coming over hoping to well, find it full of ghosts and spirits yes and no because it meant they could relax, but they had many other experiences in other locations and they, they might have brought guests back with them. But <laughs> when they went off exploring, because they were, they were there for uh, a while, but to do the ceremony at the beginning to actually make sure that the place was going to work with us on an energy level, all of that uh, had to be done. And interestingly, after we had visited the place and done the final tweaking of the work for the location for where the wedding was. We went off into the local town to have something to eat because one of the things I find to help ground me back in is actually some nice, warm, comforting food, particularly yeah. after doing what I did. And 
It's a bit like um, Harry Potter and the Dementors. You have to have a bar of chocolate to bring yourself Yeah, not quite a bar of chocolate. That might have me bouncing a bit more. But I need, I actually need hot nourishing food. Right. So we went off for um, something to eat. And I could finally then, once I was, uh, we were sitting down having a, having, you know, some nice hot food, it made me realize, okay, yes, now that's it, job completed. But it wasn't fully completed because lo and behold, somebody else came over who was a waitress at the table and it turned out she was an archaeologist and she was telling me of a couple of other sites. It's bizarrely how all these, you know, conversations start. But you know, this, no, (laughs) but you see, this reminds me of my work. And I do really great work with a client. And then that client tells somebody who needs me, who tells them it's word of mouth. So all of the sites are coming to you and lining up and queuing up for your attention because she did a great job over there maybe she could come and and see me so how does the land speak to you it's through other people it's through many signs and symbols but just to get back to the the throwaway comment that I made as as, as a lighthearted joke about people coming over from America going to old buildings in Ireland and looking for ghosts um in the previous episode, we were talking about addictions and how empaths can get addicted to things and put them into their bodies. I think another kind of addiction that empaths can have is addicted to doing work like that to their own detriment, looking for dark energy, not so they can come away and saying, I am great because I did this, but there's a hook in it. There's a toxicity. There's something in there that hooks you in. And when I spoke last time about being an adult and being responsible for yourself, this is part of it. Not deliberately going into places when you're not prepared to do so. You had given yourself Mm. that day. You had set aside that time and you were mentally and physically prepared for the work that you were going to do. You had your guides with you. Whereas you're just walking along and you're doing something and, oh, look over here and you go over there. You could get swallowed in. You could miss something. You you can't just walk into these places. And we were talking about a how to protect yourself as an empath. There are places where there's heavy energy, whether it's from the land or from people, that will catch you by surprise. But there are places where there's heavy energy that you know it's there. And okay, we're all caught by surprise from time to time because mm-hmm. we're human and that's just the way it is. But if you know you're going into some place that's heavy for you, heavy for you, because it might not be heavy for me or it might not be heavy for Regina, because we all tune into different frequencies and vibrations depending on who we are or how we're made, where we are in the path. It's like, like Regina and I standing on the land. And she sees the army and the bloodshed and the war. And I'm going, oh, look at the <laughs> And we're, you know, and we're both right. We're both right because we're, we're both tuning into different energies. Just, you know, it's like layers and levels of energy all in the same location. And depending on you and your makeup, and I'm saying that to you, the listener, how you're wired. The work that you've done, I listened to beautiful lecture this morning and it describes the energy like you're in a swimming pool and down the very bottom of the swimming pool it's stagnant with Mm. algae and it's thick and it's heavy and it's dark and if you're swimming at the bottom of the pool and it's tougher to swim where it's thick and it's heavy and it's dark and it's viscous and it's like treacle and you can't see what's in front of you and that's where you are when you are awakening Mm -hmm. 
because you don't know what's coming. You don't know what it is. You can, you know, it's very difficult to see. And as you rise up to the levels, to the higher levels, it starts to clear. It gets easier to swim. It's easier to see and discern. You've come across certain things before. They might look different, but you recognize them. And then as you come up, you come. So that's a description of acceleration of your personal growth because as you come up to the higher levels in the swimming pool where it's cleaner and it's clearer and you can start to swim and you can start to actually make distance you know this is what I'm saying that everybody's at a different layer everybody's dealing with different stuff and so you're walking into a space as an empath and you're feeling what you have the ability to feel it comes down to first of all knowing that you're made Mm -hmm. that way and that that can happen to you. And second of all, having a few tools in your pocket to help you. But thirdly, I think, is being strong enough to pull yourself out and to be that responsible adult and say, well, look, I'm just not going to feel this today. I'm not going there today. Oh, there you know. are times where, you know, for the want of a better word, I say, uh, hold on, lads. I'm a muggle today. Now, when I refer to the lads, <laughs> okay, when I refer to the lads, it's not like it, it's it's my uh, guides in the other realm are, who are here with me. I refer to them as the lads, okay? It's, uh, it's a term of endearment. It's not disrespectful in any sh- form or shape. They know, they get fun out of it. I say, right, come on, lads, I need help here. And there are times when I need to go to places because I function, I I also function in the corporate world, right? So when I'm in the corporate world, I don't want to be, you know, having somebody's aunt, Jane, who's passed three generations ago, say, hey, listen, I want to pass on to a message. So uh, I want to pass a message on to so-and-so across the table. I can't be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And oh, oh, that just reminds me of the time I have to say this about the dog and somebody saying their dog wasn't oh, eating and you and you had seen a picture of their dog and you said, "Did you happen to move the dog's kennel? She's not happy. Move her back." And the woman's like, "I moved her back and now she's eating. How did you know?" And then suddenly everybody's, "Would you would you, why is my dog not feeling well? And what's wrong with my cat?" And it's like, so it's funny because you know, people want this stuff, but they don't want to be yes. seen wanting this stuff. But then in a corporate meeting as well, you know, you have to say, get back, I'm doing yeah. this now. And that's where I have to shut it down. Because I can't be overwhelmed with, you know, everything else that's going on. Uh, because I need to focus as, you know, as Regine. So this is one of our how-tos, exactly. really, is to say, okay, what frequency am I going to engage with? in this moment. Now, not to say what frequency am I going to engage with today, because today is a very long mm-hmm. time. And, you know, maybe in an, in an hour or so, you might be ready to engage with a different frequency or level of vibration, but to say, okay, well, in this moment now, so that I can look after myself better, what do I choose? Now, by saying, what do I deliberately choose to engage with? So we go back to the sister. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, um, Regina and I, we don't actually have 
a sister. So we're using sister as birth, an example of yeah, a person. Birth though. sister. Neither of <laughs> us have sister. a birth sister, but we've We so don't have a birth sister. sister. So, so let's just say that this birth sister is incredibly depressed or grieving or something right now. And you, you love her so much and you need to go and meet with her. And so knowing what I know about myself and how I engage with people and how much I care for my sister, what frequency do I wish to engage with right now because I'm low on energy or I'm tired or, you know, I have very little tolerance and to understand that sometimes you have more tolerance for people than others, instead of being hard on yourself and saying, I should have more tolerance and I need to be better person because I'm not a nice person because I'm really, no, you can actually say, okay, well, what are my tolerance levels like today? And suddenly it takes the pressure off of judgment of you that I should have higher tolerance. No, I'm more than, I've got, you know, lots of stuff going on. How much tolerance do I have for my sister today? And at what level do I want to? So you can sit down and just have a coffee and just listen to her talking about whatever she needs to talk about without taking it on. But you are deliberately, consciously aware of this. And when you leave her, you leave her whole and intact, but you don't take any of her stuff with you. So it's like, if you could imagine you're shopping and as you go shopping, you're picking up shopping bags, but she's been shopping too. And she's picking up shopping bags. And then you go, Oh, it's great to see you. Let's sit down and have a coffee. You put down all your shopping bags. You sit at the table and you have coffee. And when you leave, you take your shopping bags and she takes hers and you don't end up with all of hers as well as yours. <laughs> with a whole pile of stuff you didn't want in the first place. Well, that's exactly it. But you see, but if you visualize it, if you see it in your mind and you decide before you go into it that that's what I'm doing here, I'm going to sit with her, I'm going to have a lovely coffee and I'm not taking on her pain. What's remarkable to me in my experience as an empath, and I hear this time and time and time again from my clients, is that when they do this, both parties actually get quite a lot out of the meeting and both parties leave happy. And the empath comes away feeling, well, hang on, maybe I didn't need to be doing that all the time anyway. For them to be feeling better, maybe all they need to do is just talk about it and feel like somebody has listened to them. And that could actually be enough. So, yeah, <laughs> it's quite valuable, you know, and I can say this and Regina's nodding her head and you can go, oh, that sounds great, but it's only when you experience it that you can start to trust it because again, it comes back to I'm an empath. I'm of service to the world. I'll give all of myself away because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I don't think it is anymore. It really, really isn't. You have a special skill when you can feel things. And like Regina, when you went to the land and you deliberately chose to open, but you deliberately chose to close. Yes. You also, your, your friend wanted to know what's going on, what's going on. And you respected your own boundaries by saying, no, I can't talk about it now. And then when you were ready to talk about it later, you could talk about yeah. it then. But you chose to talk about it. And people also, you know, trying to explain themselves, trying to justify themselves, you get in a muddle. And I think when you're connecting into those frequencies of energy, your brain changes how it functions. The wiring shifts. You're coming from a different part of your brain. And so the language doesn't necessarily flow <laughs> very well <laughs> when you're working in abstract. And to try and explain something while you're doing it at the same time, just you can Oh, well totally. God, I'd keel over because all my energies is going to one particular thing, you know, and I'm between the worlds. So I'm half in one world, half in the other. So you try to get me to function and give the verbal 
ongoing rapport to what's going on ain't going to happen, you know? <laughs> no. It's not the kind of thing you get a commentator to do, like the sports commentator, because... You know, you could you could have an occasion, and, and and we've seen this with each other, where you're just standing there in silence, and then you go, yeah, yeah I'm done, and it doesn't actually look like you. <laughs> it's not, you know, but it's not. You're not doing anything in this plane. You're doing it in the other plane. Exactly. So that's why sometimes just standing there, leaning up against a wall, I might look like as if who's that or what's she doing, just leaning up against a wall. But you'd be amazed what can be done as I'm just leaning against that wall and you're right you're doing it in another in you know another realm but it comes back again to permissions and what I'm doing and why you know and respect and boundaries but not only respecting I mean many you often say you cross the threshold you ask permission you enter through the entry point you ask permission you wait but many people forget to ask themselves permission. Am I giving myself permission now to engage with this? It's like an extra step on top of. It's like, do I give permission to me to take on my sister's pain? You know, so to sit with that and say, okay, what does it actually mean if I say yes to this thing? And what does it mean if I say no to this thing? And knowing that saying no to something is saying yes to something else. I'm just going to throw this out and say, you say no to something, saying yes could mean saying yes to being at peace, saying yes to being happy, saying yes to, I don't know, to a time and space where you can just be. And some people have a problem with Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, addiction to drama, addiction, you know, so you have to be that responsible adult to say, do I have an addiction to drama? Do I always need to be carrying heavy psychic energy around with me? Do I not know who I would be if I didn't have this? So these are questions that I always ask my my clients and people who take my programs because you can sabotage your process because you're too afraid to visualize yourself walking up tall, waking up happy and being vibrant and big in your energies, showing up in the world and being clear because that can be terrifying to some people. And so sit with the fear that comes up around you being fully functional. We're never fully healed. We're always mm-hmm. healing. But to being lighter, being lighter, showing up and, and, and being able to give your gifts to the world. It's like, oh my God, what are my gifts? And what do I have to do? And, you know, at least now I have an excuse because I'm always in pain and I'm always this and I'm sad and everything. And I can point the finger of blame and there's always a bit of a benefit to being a victim, which my American publisher said, you can't put that in your book. How can you say that? There's benefits to being a victim, but there actually is. Oh, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Because I see it with, uh, yeah. with clients and there's some people, they're so, they're so addicted to their story. They actually don't want to release that story because that story or that drama gives them identity of who they are. They think. That's right. They think that's who they are. And as I was saying in the other episode, when you're carrying all that emotional pain, you think that's who you are. And when you have, you know, when it comes time to release it, because you don't need to carry that shopping that you've been carrying around all your, you don't need to carry it anyway, because you're just carrying it around. It's not actually serving any purpose. Let it go. And you go, well, who am I without this? That can be, you know, that could actually take years to work through. Yeah. But that is, to me, your work. That's your actual work of your growth is 
allowing yourself, well, who am I when I stop associating myself with other things when I stop, you know, identifying myself as the person who is always sad, the person who's always taking all the pain, the person who does everything for everybody else, who's always last on the list. You know, if you stop doing that and say, okay, well, I'm going to put myself first Mm. on my list. And what would that be like for me? And what's that like for you? So lots of questions. This is the thing I find when you're doing spiritual work. You end up with more questions and answers. But when you get a really good question, then the answers come. They are. And actually, maybe this is, this is something now for another podcast. But I noticed that I came to a stage where um, when I was waking up and I realized the gifts I had, I felt I had to use them. I absolutely had to use them. So I was offering, you know, now I don't offer. Okay, and that's a boundary, that's a protection. People have to ask me. They have to ask for help. They have to ask for assistance. And that's that's really good because there are some people there who actually are wallowing in it and are giving out that people aren't helping or that they aren't doing this or they aren't. But they haven't asked for help. No, and then do they really want the help? And then, as you're saying this, reminding me of an empath who generates their sense of self-worth by the number of people that they've helped. And so they go around offering to help. And we want to help you and I'm going to help you because then they feel great because they've Mm. helped somebody. But then that person doesn't want help. And then, you know, so it's like, oh, but they don't want help. So they don't like me and there's something wrong with me. And then they take it personally and then they lose their sense of self-worth. And, you know, as you say that, Regina, as you say, I don't, you know, I don't go and ask anymore. They have to come and ask me. That's a sense of self-worth and self-confidence that you have built up over the years to know that whether you do something or you don't do something, you are of value. Just your existence is of value. You don't have to prove yourself by having to go and save the world. You're here and that's enough. And again, that takes a lot of work <laughs> to get to that Ooh, stage. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that work is ongoing. <laughs> it's ongoing. It's ongoing. So I suppose if we mm. wrap up this episode, we wanted to give a few tips and tools for empaths. Maybe we could we could end with, with um, some of your best. It, if you know you're going somewhere heavy, and you know you don't want to engage with the heavy energies, Regina, what would be your favorite way to deal with that or a man that you think that the listeners would be able to implement, say, straight away? Oh, God, you see, there's, oh, wow, there's a whole myriad of various stages, depending on what I'm doing. Um, well, something simple and easy. Little word, no. <laughs> Before I... Uh, I'm just trying to think of something. Oh, um, give me a moment. Well, I think the little word no is good. I said well, I would the go intention. one step further with that. I actually, because an example being when I go into different locations, I'm aware of what I'm walking into. So let's say if I'm walking into the corporate world, it's as I'm walking into that corporate building, I actually imagine myself walking through a shower, right? Which, as yeah, like into a the decontamination building. shower, 
right? It's a visualization. Okay. So that I'm leaving that part of me there and I'm just being the muggle for that period of time. And then as I walk out, I imagine walking through the decontamination chair. So I'm leaving all of that energy that's being left behind. Now that's just something simple on a day-to-day basis. If I am going out to do some work on the land, that's different because I'm building up to it, I'm tuning in, I'm opening myself up to it. But there are other occasions where I walk on a site and I, for me, it's about a barrier. If I stand at that entrance and ask permission of the ancestors and permission to walk on that site with respect, uh, which means the portals are opening for me. I'm walking on that site as a shaman and I'm walking on that site as a healer. If I stand there before I cross that threshold and say, I'm here to enjoy this place today. It's a different intention. Yes. Totally. That's really good. That's really good. So I could say I'm taking all my shopping bags with me and I'm not taking anybody else's. You know, to use that image. And just just to close with the no, you said just saying a little no, but I would take that no further and say you could say no in your brain and go through all the reasons why your brain is happy with that no. But then you take that no and you bring it into your body. And this takes practice, but bring that no into your heart and check with your heart. Is this a 100% no to this? And your heart might have reasons why it isn't. So you sit with your heart and go, okay, well, we go, how about we don't make it a flat out no, no forever, no. It's just no, not not, not for now. Just no for today. Just no for this moment. And then your heart can go, yeah, okay, but all this other stuff, you have to look at that. And you go, okay. And that's a way of learning where the issues are within you as to why you can't say no. Mm-hmm. So it could be, oh, but your sister's in pain and you really love her and you want to help her. And I go, okay. I totally agree with all of that, but right now it's no. But I'm not saying no to loving her. I'm not saying no to helping her. But then you go one last step further with the no and you bring it right down into your belly, mm-hmm. into your guts. Now, your heart is your love, your heart center. But for me, your guts, that's your center of power. That's where your power lives, your power to make a decision. And if you're angry at yourself, Or if you're holding on to a grudge on yourself, you might have a vendetta out on you and not even know (laughs) it. So you're not going to allow yourself to be powerful or anything until you look at that. And so you bring your no down, not meekly into your stomach, but strongly and say, okay, no, not today. And then your stomach says, well, okay, well, maybe not today, but we have all of this other stuff around your power issues that you need to look at. And you go, okay, and acknowledge those things. And this comes back to always, always know yourself, know what's too much for you. And you might say no in your head easily, quickly, no, not so quickly, but yes, you get agreement on a no in your heart. But when it comes down to your guts, it could not, it could be a total mess up. It could really be a no, you know, no, Mm -hmm. no, no to no. And that's when you know, well, I'm vulnerable and fragile. Actually, I'm a lot more vulnerable than I thought I was because I felt into myself, which people don't do. I say, okay, so I will go gently. So instead of spending a whole afternoon with my sister, I'll just meet her for 20 minutes. 
You see, this is when you start to up the ante on looking after yourself. And yes, we have a whole show between us, Regina. So we've plenty of time to talk about all the things. (laughs) (laughs) So this was fun. I think we cover quite a lot. And again, I would suggest to people who, if they resonate with what we're talking about, do listen to the previous podcast episode and listen to them twice. Listen to them and then come back with a different ear because we're dropping lots of hints and we're explaining lots of, you know, things that you might have missed the first Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, healing happens in layers and when you're ready, you'll hear the next layer. And even though we're saying the same conversation, it's different levels, different conversations at different frequencies. Exactly. And for some people, they will listen to a podcast and something will, just one little nugget might resonate with them. But then they might listen to it again and go, Oh, I didn't hear that bit. Ooh, that's interesting. What if you did the podcast from your brain and then you come back and you do it for your heart and then you do it for your power, but you'd need to take a break in between. So that's at least three times. Well, actually, on that (laughs) note, note, I'll tell you a funny story. I actually don't tend to listen back to the podcast, but I listened to the Shamanic Journey podcast there last night. And I'd actually forgotten what that journey was because that (laughs) was a whole channel that I'd opened myself up at the time. So I I didn't remember it. And it was actually fun for me to go back and remember it and to actually go back and do it. (laughs) (laughs) So you brought yourself on a journey. I know. So again, that's there. I mean, I love this. It's there. And and, and anyone who missed that episode could go and listen to that one as well. So you opened. Would you like to close? We don't have any normal. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening and for sticking with us. If you got to this bit, well done. And again, if anything triggers you or if you want any more information, you can contact us by email. Now, I let Abby give that one because I tend to, I'm dyslexic, so I scramble things up left, right and centre. So uh, Abby can give you that. But thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And I hope this brings you some sort of nuggets of insight. And I look forward to meeting you again on some other plane in some other location, wherever podcasts are. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye. If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions, or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.